Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Phone Bottles Podcast with me, Emma Conway. Hi, the devil are you? I hope you are well. I'm not sure when you listen to this, but I need you to know... If you listen in November, I've got my tree up, is that too early? If you listen in December, I've got my tree up, isn't that amazing? I'm so thrilled that the tree is up and we're going to be doing some Christmas festive editions. I've got some great guests lined up for you in December and I want to hear you, I want to hear your actual voice on the podcast. I want you to voice note in, you can email a voice note to admin at brownmummyofto.co.uk. I'll leave, you know, all the details in the description. I want to hear your daft family traditions funny 80s and 90s festive stories, please, please voice note them in or direct message them in. Put your name, your age. You don't have to put your name and age. Like it's going live or something like, my name's, it's Michelle from Coventry, age 10, would like to ask. And also I need you all to know, I actually asked a question. I think it was on Live and Kicking to Jason Donovan. Can't remember what it was. It was either going live or Live and Kicking. Anyway, I digress. Send in, send me in some stuff so I can pop it in the Christmas edition of the podcast. On this week's edition, we have Ashley, who's a top podcaster. She has a parenting podcast called Busy Mumsy. I will leave a link in the description box so you can go and check her podcast out. She interviews women all over the world about parenting and she's an absolute joy in your ears. So definitely go and check her out. So let's welcome Ashley to the podcast. Oh, well, I am bloody good, darling. And I don't have a British accent, everyone. Oh my God, I'm so American. I like that. It was a little bit Dick Van Dyke then in Mary Poppins. I know. Listen, I'm so Mary Poppins when it comes to it. I can't help it. So where did you grow up? This is, are you, did you, were you a teenager in America then? Yeah, I was born and raised in Moundsville, West Virginia, named after the largest man-made mound. You are welcome for that information. What does that But I also have to say, I'm also from a town that's also well known for its state penitentiary. All right. How big is a mound? I don't understand. How big is a mound? What is the mound made of? Emma, I'm going to change your life today. I'm just going to change your life. So the mound is essentially an Indian burial in the center of town. Okay. I don't know that much else about it. It's just a like a mound that perhaps is like 
10 stories high, if that. And as a kid, when I was like in elementary school, like we would have to go to a field trip and you would be like going down to the mound. And then you would like walk through and see like dinosaur bones and all that kind of stuff. And then you would walk out and up onto the mound that, what did it look over? Not only the, the town of Moundsville, but it also looked at the state penitentiary. So <laughs> they were literally across the street from each other. And the state penitentiary was huge and massive. And it housed um, old Sparky, which was an electric chair. And we actually did a tour over there, but you were only allowed to go in like a very, very tiny little section of it. Cause at the time when I was a kid, it was functioning. Cause I can vividly remember this as well before when I was 14 years old and uh, um, in 1994, it was like years prior to that, there was a big escape where these guys dug a tunnel through like underneath the toilet, they dug a tunnel and like 12 inmates got out and were running around town. Up and down the mound? What's that on the mound? I know. It's one of the inmates. It's like, it's up and down the mound and up and over the hills. I mean, like we were like surrounded, so Moundsville was like uh, surrounded by like hills, but town was like two streets. So it's not like it was that, that. So it's a small, a small town America by a mound, a very big jail. Where they had an electric chair. You are painting an absolute glamorous picture. What kind of stuff was on your bedroom walls? I did not have posters. Oh my, I know, don't judge me. So I, my mom was like a neat freak and very much like everything was in order. So like I had really plush, like lovely blue carpet that went with the wallpaper that was kind of like floral with hearts I grew up in this old Victorian home that was like my dad's like dream house. And it honestly, it, it, it wasn't something that my parents could afford at the time. It was a really big stretch to the point that like our rooms, like we didn't even have like furniture in like half the rooms in the house. Like it was a huge house, but like, I can remember like our rooms got decorated first and it was like a really big deal for my mom to like it was like very meticulously thought out like I had a like a um you know like a, a like a seat like along the windows that like my mom's like you could read a book there I was like I didn't read books there but like you could read a book there and like it was just really well done and super pretty and it wasn't it wasn't something probably that I took a lot of like time now in hindsight, like thinking about like, gosh, like she really like had curtains yeah. and like, it was a fancy bed and like all that kind of stuff. And my dad made me a, um, like a, a walk, I got like a walk-in closet that had like a desk in it that had like oh. theater lights. So I was a, a I was a, a dancer like my whole life. So like I had theater lights that went all the way around my mirror and I would like sit in this um, little desk area and I would sing and practice like lines. And like, it was kind of like my, like. It just sounds, as a, as a British teenager, we didn't have that. Yeah. We didn't have none of that. And in our heads, when we'd watch TV shows like Beverly Hills 90210 or Blossom, the kids, the teenagers in America used to have these massive, gorgeous, bedrooms and it sounds like what you described we didn't have that <laughs> we don't have, we don't have walking wardrobes that seems much more common in America than in England it was beautifully done my dad was a contract like he built a business yeah he became a had a contracting business 
So like I watched my parents from a very, very, very young age, we were on food stamps and everything. And as time went on, my dad worked his tail off. Like, yes, it was naughty of me to really not appreciate the amazing wallpaper that my mom put on the walls. But like, there's never been a day that's gone by that I, for one, don't look at them and go, my goodness, they grafted. I was very, very much a competition dance kid. I first started in ballet and um, did a lot of training in New York City. So I started going to New York as a kid and then kind of had to make this decision of, do I want to do ballet or do I want to do musical theater, like competition dance? That room that I talked about that had no furniture in it, I danced in it. Yeah. Oh, it sounds beautiful. Did they did they stay in the house for a long time? So my parents, I mean, it, it was like one of those big decisions, like we're going to downsize. Okay. So my parents sold the house um, early 2000s, I want to say is like when they sold it and they like, they moved from this like massive, like four bedroom Victorian home to like, you know, a, a really sweet, like kind of like one level house with like three bedrooms and it was super sweet and lovely my father passed um sadly suddenly in 2018 so my mom shifted and we're so proud of her for doing it she shifted her whole life um down to florida yeah is that where you've got is there other family down there in florida no actually oh she's like the Um, weather my mom does not do any sort of weather now that's like under 20 yeah she's like absolutely not so london last week for her would have not been freezing (laughs) it's hilarious see in england if it gets to 21 we've got our shorts on (laughs) i know you are you kidding me emma when i first moved to london let me just say it was 2016 it was january I would say at the end of January, it, we had a warm spell and I've never seen naked people. I, and I say that like jokingly of like, people were stripped down. I was like, you, home, I was like, babe, babe, why are there it's like? people? I'm like still in like, you know, bundled all the way up. He's like, yeah, there, it's wild here. Sun comes out and men take the tops off and just popping into the supermarket. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Just like, okay, so you weren't allowed posters. What kind of music did you listen to? So if you couldn't put posters up or bands up, what kind of music did you like? Okay, so I will give you a huge confession that I was a radio gal. I listened to the radio yeah. morning, noon, and night. We're going to go back into my closet. 
I literally, my closet had a boom box above my like makeup station with all of the lights. So I had my yeah. boom box up there and I was always listening to the radio. I was very eclectic when it came to music. I listened to all things country because I am from West Virginia. So it's like Faith Hill, John Michael Montgomery, Tim McGraw, like they like always pulled at my heartstrings. But then we're also talking about a time where like, I was born and bred listening to Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Yeah. I won six tickets because I was the 10th caller at Womp FM and I got those tickets to go. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Womp FM. Womp FM was the radio station that I listened to. And every, okay, this is good. Oh my God, I'm such a dork. But like, (laughs) I loved a Friday night, stay at home and listen to the top 10 countdown. Yeah, we used to on a Sunday, the best. And then you would write it down and then they would be like, okay, we're going to play the the, the number one song. And then you got the 10th callers going to win. Emma, I was always the 10th caller. I won everything from new kids on the block, like, like oh. boxer shorts and t-shirts <laughs> and buttons to Tom Petty and the Heartbreaker tickets. That was my first ever concert, but that was when I was 12. So when I was 14, we're talking like, I mean, Madonna, oh. it's like Mariah Carey, Endless Love. Oh, good. See, I've got my Madonna t-shirt on. Here she is. She's, she's just pop, pop, popping up looking at you. Yeah, I mean, like. 94, like I'm 14. I, I turned, so my, my birthday is November 30th. So I was going to be turning in, in 94, uh, 14 and like 94 was like such a like melting pot of music, Tupac and Biggie and like Nirvana was coming to the end. Like yeah. I mean, Kurt Cobain passed away in 94. Like, I mean, there was so much like decadent music and culture and like we were pulled and tugged in so many directions during that time period that I I mean I just love to sit in my closet and listen to music and listen to one perfect ours was BRMB and I used to phone up I, I think we were living the same life oh I'd be phoning it up all the time <laughs> and he'd be like all right Emma and he, yeah you've won a I don't know a Pepsi seven inch of some sort of rubbish <laughs> song I'd be like dedicating. So oh, could you d- dedicate a song to my class, please? And you do. This is Snow Informer for Emma. <laughs> for Emma in Yardley. <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah. Oh my gosh. And I would always call in too and be like, could I, could I just hear some Soundgarden? Could you just <gasps> pop in some Soundgarden now? They're like, oh, oh it was so good. We also had this thing that was like a Ryan Seacrest. Yep. So he did like all of your like pop stuff, but there was a, there was also this other radio station that had Delilah after dark. Oh, Delilah. Yeah. And she would play like soft rock music and my mother and I would sing everything in harmonies. Oh, I love it. You, you, you sound like the American dream. Everything, one FM, American dream, Mansville, American dream, big bedroom, it's Delilah after dark. It sounds amazing. Like I always listened to Michael Jackson. Yeah. Like he didn't go anywhere. I always listened to Gloria Gaynor. She didn't go anywhere. Like they all just like they I grew up idolizing all of these people. And like, but lucky me, I got to like live in 94 where like all of this like change and diversity. And you know, like it was kind of like this weird time too, where country music was like grabbing pop music and it shifted or pop stars were grabbing country music. You know, I mean, Dolly Parton led the way on that one. Actually, speaking of Dolly Parton, that was when um, 
Whitney Houston saying, I will always love you. Oh, I'm going to see the Bodyguard musical soon. I can't wait to see it. The Bodyguard is such a great. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that, yeah. that's a Dolly Parton song. Like she, she wrote that. And I think, oh, I she actually did. Think she, Dolly Parton wrote, I will always love you. And another song on the same day. Did you like boy bands? Because obviously over here, we had Take That. You didn't have Take That in America. Have you ever heard of Take That? I did not know much about Take That, but I am currently watching the Robbie Williams documentary. And to be very honest with you, I have a completely new outlook on him because I will have to say, I wasn't the biggest fan when he was in America. He wasn't my vibe. But I yeah. love him now, like because you see you see those hard edges really soften and you see him come to life and you see how he sees himself. And I just I, I found it very commendable for him to be so vulnerable, so raw, so real, but like able to be like, ah, eh. yeah, it's fascinating how sometimes British music and American music, like it just doesn't go across because take that was so huge here and not at all in America and Backstreet Boys were big here but I think Backstreet Boys and New Kids are probably a bit bigger in America yeah I mean New Kids on the Block would have been more the time of of take that yeah and then, then Backstreet Boys came with the whole NSYNC yes NSYNC that's it NSYNC weren't quite as popular because I think that American boy bands the men always look really old compared to bo- British boy bands they've all got they're a bit more baby-faced well you know I've, I've so I worked with the Backstreet Boys on a project like oh lovely like, yeah like right before I moved to London so in like 2015 I want to say is when I worked on a Backstreet Boys project because they were doing kind of like this we're coming back together and we're going to do this show in Vegas. So like we did this whole like workshop thing in uh, New York city on it and they were lovely. Like they were love and Brian was pretty much spearheading the whole thing. And he and his wife and his little boy, his little boy, super talented. They just all were very much like collaborative and were very passionate about this project and they went on to tour and everything again and I think even 98 degrees is touring they did not come to Britain at all we that's just not and like O-Town and people like that it just wasn't it just wasn't a thing Um, but we did have take that did you have one particular favorite boy band or you just liked all music I liked all I'm, I'm so sorry to be that person to say I really just loved all music and it just be like a melting pot of stuff. Like even when I like recently traveled back to London, I mean, I had a a crazy wild um, country playlist that I like made up like a couple of nights prior. And it was like, you know, soul searching to like honky tonk to like, let's throw some beers back to like smooth and like guttural. Yeah, I don't think country is quite as popular in um, England. I don't know why. Mm. I mean, we have the odd thing here and there, but it's not quite as, I suppose we have a bit more like in the 90s, a bit more like indie music was probably quite like Blur and Oasis. Um, Who was your 90s crush? I love a 90s crush. Can I guess? Can I guess? Can I guess? Based on what we've had so far, would it be Leonardo DiCaprio? No. 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 Jared Leto. Oh, in my so-called life. Yeah, I, you have to understand. I was a flannel girl. I went through my flannel period. Oh, Claire Danes. I was jealous of her. Like, jealous. I love her, though. But jealous. <laughs> and, yeah. oh, my God, Jared Leto. That floppy hair. 
he held her hand walking down the corridor and we all just yes and they only ever did one season why why did it stop why did the program stop it should have gone on you know there there was another there was another um show and i want to say it was around the same time and it was called catwalk and it i've not seen it it had nev campbell in it okay jared leto had like the piercing eyes and Mm. just he was perfect he was he is perfect fine but like this guy in this other show, he had like more like mystery in the tattoos and like he had an eyebrow piercing. And I would come home and I'm, I'm getting my eyebrow pierced. I'm getting, I'm just doing it. I'm just doing it. And I'm like, hey, take me to Spencer's. Cause that's where like you would go to the mall in America and there would be a Spencer's somewhere. And like, that's where you would get pierced. And I was like, you are not getting a tattoo. You are not, you're just not doing it. Like you're not getting the piercing. Well, no, what if I win this dance competition? Can I get the eyebrow pierced? She was like, absolutely not. I know you're going to win that thing. I mean, like, I, I, I never have, like, I'm I like very bland in this department, no tattoos and no grandiose piercings. I unfortunately I, I I did just go and get a tattoo because the Spice Girls had one so one day I just went instead of going to uni I just went and got a Spice Girls tattoo on my shoulder classic and my dad nearly had a heart attack <laughs> I was like ta-da and he was like did it hurt like I, I always ask I know this is like such a silly question like did it hurt Do you know what it does I had one on my shoulder which wasn't too bad I had one on my foot which I thought I was gonna faint and I had one here um it's fine. I'd have, a, I'll probably have another one. I don't, I, I'm, I quite like it. Cause once you've had it done, you're like, Oh, I could just have another one that, you know, like that adrenaline like kicks in, but yeah, I got a spice girl, like tramp stamp on my shoulder in the sign of woman, a Chinese symbol, classic. Is it, does it say woman? I don't know. Could say anything, but I got it done and my dad nearly collapsed. Um, so Jared Leto, 10 out of 10, gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Then the party of five as well. That just, that had Nev Campbell in, didn't it? it? It did have, it did. I can't, Um, wasn't there like a Scott something in that show as well? Because there was two, there was two brothers that were handsome, weren't they? Wasn't there like a Scott Speedman? Do you remember him? No. I think Scott Speedman was like, he was one of the hunk of hunks back then. Um, there was also this, uh, so there was party of five. Yeah, there was also this one that was always on Sundays, and it was a bit more wholesome than Party of Five, and I can't remember the name of that one. So, like TV, it was like you know, Friends was like a huge boom then too. Yeah, like you know, ninety four is like when everyone got their hair cut like Rachel. Like I mean, that yeah. was. You Did know. you watch Sex in the City as well? That was all around that time, wasn't it? It so I didn't watch Sex in the City until it was in reruns. I did not watch Friends until it was in reruns. I was never home when like, well, I was technically too young to watch Sex and the City mm. at the time. But when it came to Friends, Friends was always on on a Thursday night and I had dance. So I wouldn't get home till 11, 11.30 at night. So I would always miss it. So luckily I, um, TBS, like always, you know, they they always play the reruns. So it was like Friends and um, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like those were like, yeah. in Saved by the Bell. That was another big- Oh, does that, I was just Saved by the, Saved by the Bell and all of them cracking theme tunes as well. Every single one of them. If you were around in the nineties, those theme tunes are just embedded into your yeah. body and you can be mm-hmm. bring it at, in Westville, you can bring it at any time. It just comes out my mouth. I yeah. love it. Mm-hmm. And family matters. That was another one, but those were all, so like family matters, 
was on a Friday night that I could watch. Sunday night was my so-called life. So I could watch that. That was also married with children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't watch that, but that, that's quite an American program, isn't it? Is yeah, that funny? Well, yeah. We we were like hook, line, and sinker. That was kind of like if you had your if you had your homework done, you can stay up an extra hour longer and you can watch Married with Children. Yeah. So no, I, I've not. What maybe I should give it a go. I quite like to start Friends from the beginning again with my daughter. We're watching Gilmore Girls at the moment. Oh, but sweet. I think friend. Yeah, it's really nice when you when your little girl gets but that is a nice thing to do because also it hasn't really even though it's twenty years old. It's, I mean, some of the jokes, some of the, some of the things they yep. say sometimes you might, oh, like you go, well, that wouldn't, we wouldn't be saying, and I have to say, we don't say things like that anymore. Um, But yeah, Friends, I'd quite like to watch from the beginning. So um, we've covered Crush, we've covered telly. What's your biggest fashion faux pas? What did you wear then? You'd be like, oh. I really love like the whole flannel, like grungy kind of vibe. Yeah. My mom, so we kind of had like a push and pull on the kind of preppy look. So we had a store in America called The Limited (laughs) and they would sell like the matching, the matchy match. So like you have like the sweater that had like the the popped color underneath it. And then maybe it had like a schoolgirl skirt or like a, like clueless are we talking clueless vibe it's kind of like that vibe so like one day I could go to school looking like a full-on skater girl like pants down past my butt and just flannel and then the next day my like I would be wearing a very preppy and I just like it it just was weird and I just never felt connected to it but I wore it so, I mean, the, the, those matchy outfits, they were just bad. Like, yeah. I, mean, I even had a perm. Like, I'm not going to, like, let's not- I had a perm. I had a perm as well. It was terrible. I Awful. had a perm. I'm known for wearing side ponytails. I was obsessed with the perfect ball on the side of my head. <laughs> Fashion was like a very weird one back then. This is like when Skechers, those Mary Jane shoes were really in- at the time I think they're in now but like I bought some shoes yesterday that were literally carbon copies of the school shoes I had in the 90s like loafers um do you know what no I, I love them I let my followers were like they're terrible but I was like do you know what I love them I'm gonna rock them anyway yeah I I had a really wicked pair of two-tone brown um Doc Martens oh yeah lovely and, and I walked by the store while I was in London recently and Everything in there, I'm sorry to say this, but I'm going to say it, looked cheap and very poorly made. My Doc Martens could could have weathered many fires. Like they were hard, heavy duty, did not bend. And I like worshiped the ground that these shoes walked on because I just thought they were the coolest thing ever. But I don't think a lot of people thought they were cool. I was kind of like mocked a lot in school because I did wear weird things. Like I, I definitely leaned into the whole like you know like the shoulders are cut out of the shirt yeah oh I leaned into that for years <laughs> like that was my jam like I had a farmer's tan with brown shoulders and white at the top and white, <laughs> white lines around the side of my arms so like I just wasn't really afraid I, I actually just didn't care well, that's good isn't it that's is that something you've carried on into adult life you're not quite so bothered or yeah I I like a pattern you love um, a pattern it looks great 
thanks. I, I, I love pattern. I love color. I, my, my husband will sometimes like look at my closet and go, it's just like all the same. And I'm like, well, it's not, it's like, you've got like your red versions and then you've got your <laughs> orange and then you got your yellow. Like, I just can't help it. I like a lot of leopard print. I can't East. love a leopard print, all sorts of varieties. I just love it. Different colors. It's my favorite. Right. Let's talk first kiss. Was uh, it terrible? Was it, a, was it, a, we've not, we've only had one that wasn't terrible on the podcast so far. Um, okay. It, it, it was Zach and we'll, we'll leave it at Zach. <laughs> okay. Zach, very American name as well. Zach. I like it. I'm thinking Zach. of Zach from Saved by the Bell. But the kiss, what I, I can remember it, it happening. And it, this was before junior high. So this is before I was 14 years old. And it was like a vacuum suction situation that mm. I like, it it was, it was like sweaty palms, sweaty brow and two fish sucking it. And then he took off running. Like he took, like he, he had on like these, like old, like these sweatpants that had like the elastic at the bottom. But at the time it was really cool to pull them up to your knees. Nice. And then once we're into like, you know, 94, 14 years old, I did have a boy, I had a boyfriend and he was an older boyfriend. It, 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 it was great. That was a great. Oh, well, that's good. I, I, I'll give him that. I mean, he, I, I won't give, I won't give him a boyfriend award. I won't say that he was, oh, no. he doesn't win awards for any of that, but the kiss was nice at the time. He had great lips. He was super handsome. Um, but in in the long scale picture of it, he was an absolute dick. <laughs> we all have to have an absolute rotter of a of a boyfriend. Yeah, it's just it's just the rite of passage. It's yeah, it's rare to not have that. I've had several absolute. I t- I tended to go for ones that I tended to go for boys. I thought I could change. I can make him better. Don't we all? Okay, so he's mean and he's moody and he's horrible, but not he won't be with me because I can make. And spoiler, listeners didn't make them change. <laughs> yeah, no, it does. It it's it's really sad. I, you know, that that particular kiss, that particular guy, I worshipped the ground that he walked on. I actually wore his football jersey, so I had on like like a tan, like a light tan shorts and. I remember his mom giving me his jersey and she's like, put this on. I was like, and it's bright green and yellow and white. And I had red tube socks. Nice. It was awful. I looked like a Christmas tree. <laughs> I, I, I know that he was embarrassed because he told me how embarrassed <gasps> he was that I looked like that. He was like, like you obviously like you should have wore jeans. Like you should have had jeans on and like sneakers. Like, why are you wearing like boat shoes with red tube socks and like khaki shorts? I was like, uh, well, it went with my, my top yeah. and like, I thought it was fashionable and I wasn't look, it was, it was a very bad toxic relationship. I walked in on him cheating on me with another girl. And the best part of the story that I can leave with you is that, yes, he, 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 he took her virginity and he took her virginity on my white windbreaker. What's a windbreaker? It's a coat. <gasps> oh, and my, my coat happened to be thrown in there in his bedroom and my white 
windbreaker from the limited where I got my mom bought all my other clothing from, you know, all those matchy matchy outfits, Emma. Uh-huh. Yeah. My very classic preppy white windbreaker now was completely ruined. We don't like him. He's a rotter. I had my first boyfriend um, would get his finger and put it up against my lips in front of all his friends and go, shh. That was with, mm. shh. And now if somebody yeah. did that, I'd get their finger and I'd just snap it off. But then it's like, shh. Yeah. It's weird. You, yeah, yeah, you all have to go through this. And it is just a rite of passage. I'm expecting my kids when they get into teenage. I'm trying to make my boy, you know, trying to instill in my boy. I feel as a responsibility as a boy mom to instill a bit of like, you know, we don't treat people like that. So I'm trying, I'm trying right. to do the job, but. I'm, go- I'm going to somehow, I-, I feel like AI is going to come up with something where I can just take my daughter and she gets encapsulated <laughs> in something and she stays three and a half for the rest of her life. I don't wish upon her, her teenage years. Obviously I want her to grow and flourish and everything, but I hope that by the time that she hits that age, that she- the world is nicer. I have a fear it's going to get worse. <laughs> I do too. I do too. And it's, 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 it's quite sad. I've, I've, I feel bad. I absolutely love the time period that I grew up in. I, I feel really lucky in the town that I grew up in. I, you know, my my mom would especially would always say to me, well, do you wish that we just would have moved to New York? Like we, like we should have gotten you into like broad, like I, I made like my Broadway debut, like when I was like 19 years old. So she is like, well, you could have done Annie and you could have been a kid. Like you, you could have been a lot younger and done that whole gamut. And I was like, no, like the way that that life unfolded for me and, and how like my career, like went up, down and all around was exactly how it was supposed to be. Like, I don't, like, I grew up fast. My parents allowed me to grow up fast and I don't regret that. Yeah. Are you glad you grew up then? Then that's what I'm. I'm I don't. I, you wouldn't want to grow up now. I would not want to grow up now. And I all I can do is that for me, like I came from. I'm very lucky to say I came from a very loving and nurturing family, and it wasn't easy for my dad to like say I love you, but I knew that he loved me. Like I like I knew that, and he was there and he was present for you know the times that I needed him to be, and so for my husband and I. Um, you know, we just, we want to just love and nurture our child and be there for her and just help her through it. Like with, like, I mean, I made a million and one mistakes and I did not make life easy for my parents at times for sure. And I'm just lucky that they, they've just stood by me the whole way through. And that's all I can do for this child. That's going to be embarking on some really wild times. Yeah. She's still little. Well, Erin's coming up to 13. I'm I'm getting to the wall. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting to the wall. Listen, I'm, I, I am sitting here watching and taking notes. Oh, like, I am watching and taking notes with popcorn. Oh, it's, do you know what? Um, so far, touch wood. Oh, so I've only got like a fake wood table. Um, she's she's a good girl. I mean, you know, there's there's moments and stuff, but she, she's a good girl. But it is a lot. I was talking to my friend yesterday who's got a child similar age. And we were saying, I feel like they actually need a neediness more at this stage of life. And it's much busier and it's much more um, organizing. You have to get things, this, that. And it's a lot more frantic now they're older. I would have thought, I was thinking once the toddler years are out, but no, it's, it's quite, it's quite intense. It's the pressure of, I have to keep them so busy. 
they have to be in X amount of this and X amount of that. Everyone is like signing up for school before the baby is out of the womb. Yeah, I don't know if that happens in England because you just tend to go to the school where you live. I walked to public school with my popple backpack at the time, <laughs> like to elementary school. Yeah. Do you think it's better without social media? Because you were just doing your own little journey. You weren't having to share your journey. You weren't seeing what other people were doing. You were just like in the zone doing what you wanted to do. Yeah, I don't. Um, I never really cared what other people thought. Yeah, that's good. That's really that's, good. And, and, that, and it, it was only because what I cared about was dancing and the the absolute criticism and never enough and never good enough in the dance room was so palpable at that time. And through my career, it was through all the way clear up until I was 35 years old when I stopped performing that when it came to not being in the business and working and everything, everything else was freedom. And it was like, well, I am going to wear what I want to wear. And I am going to look the way that I look because in this world, I, I'm supposed to be able to be because I have to conform to so much and be so much for all of these people that will constantly tell me I'm not this enough, that enough, not don't sing this well enough or dance this. Like it was always like that. So I always found freedom in other areas that I could disconnect from. When it comes to social media, I cannot imagine my particular journey also having that on top of it that I, I would have been crippled yeah I, I, I'm sorry for for lack of a better word it would have crippled yeah the, co the comments about people's figures and and stuff sometimes I see TikToks of like younger performers I'm like oh my gosh people are brutal I mean I okay I'll, I'll give you a, a for instance when I was um I did the this Broadway show called The Producers it was the Mel Brooks musical and I did it for many years and I started out as a swing on tour and I covered all the girls and as a swing, you also had, cause if you work for Susan Stroman and you swing or you dance captain, you have to learn the whole show. So like when you're in like these extra rehearsals and whatnot that they do, you just have to be able to jump in. And also at my particular like swing position, I had to know five male tracks in case some, if the ship was really sinking, I could do it. So so with that said, I, I fought, fought for, you know, a long time to get into the Broadway company of it. And I got moved into a track, the Usherette track after like a year and a half of doing the show. And I all over America, all over Canada and to Japan. And I remember being in Japan, finding out that the role that I was now in was coming up on Broadway and that it was an immediate replacement. I'm in Japan, oh Emma. I'm in Japan. What the hell am I going to do? So we we ended up where we're coming back from the, the four weeks that we were in Japan. And we land on a Saturday. And my agent calls and says, well, they want to see you on Monday to audition. Let that sink in. I've been doing the show now for years. Yeah. I had to audition for the part the exact part. I had costumes for the part. I, I, I know the yeah. part inside and out. I go in on Monday. I go in on Tuesday. I go in on Wednesday. I go in on Thursday, four days. I had to audition with different women that had never done the show. Didn't know the audition combo. And I was there every day present, giving everything, giving everything. 
didn't, didn't get the part on day one, day two, day three, day four. On day five, I got put into the show and I got put into the Broadway show and I was elated and my parents drove up and oh, my best friend yeah. was there. And it was so exciting. And I like kind of like went through this very dramatic week of never being enough and like feeling like rotten tomatoes. And I go out there and I do the show that Friday night. And I thought it was the most amazing thing ever. And on Saturday, I went in for the matinee and um, Susan Stroman's uh, her work, like the people that work under her, like, so when you come to the show the next day, you will be told you've done this wrong, that wrong, whatever. So within this particular family of how they work, they give you white cards, like white index cards. I had a stack of oh them, gosh. like maybe three inches thick. And on the very, very top of it, just be better. <gasps> just be better. Can you be better when you're trying I am, your best? I am nearing 43 <laughs> years old and Count, still saying that story because that world meant that it was my yeah. life. It meant so much to me that I think that's why I could be rebellious in the other areas of life mm -hmm. as I grew up. But that was my everything. Yeah. Like I gave all and I believed it. So when it was like, just be better, all I could do was look for, for me, for the, re the remainder of the time that I, I did the show for like another year and a half on Broadway before I got, I moved into Chicago and it was like constantly in my head, just yeah. be better, better. And I hope that A, my daughter never runs into someone like yeah. that. B, I hope if she does run into someone like that, I hope she tells me so I can help her through it. Yeah, give her the tools. It's to, And with social media as well, you, you, you might have thousands of people telling you just to be better because that's just yeah. what, and people are just cruel and, I, and it just would be awful. That, exactly. I, I just, I... You know, she knows about social media. She's on my social mm. media, but she's now getting the point like, no picture. Yeah. No, stop. I'm like, okay, it's down. And like, I'm being a little bit more aware of it. If I'm really honest with you, like there at the very beginning of like, when I started creating Busy Mumsy, it was, it was you know, she was my, my right hand mm. gal. And like, now I'm just a little bit like, I'm very much like want her, if she wants to be a part of it, be a part of it. And if not, then not. I just want to. I want her to be proud of me, working and building something new. Yeah. That's that's like, and I I hope that that gives her, you know, confidence that no matter what she does, that I'm gonna be there for her to root her on, and like you know that, you know that that same feeling and that same you know consistency that I got from my. Oh, parents. your parents sounded like they were lovely. If you could go back to Ashley when you were 14 and say something to her, what would you say? Oh, I'd give her a big old mm. hug. I don't live in regret in anything that I've ever done. And I've done some, I've done some pretty shit mm. things. Um, I've done some really great things and I, I don't live in regret. And I, I think I would go back and give her a big yeah. hug. Just a hug. Yeah. She didn't hug herself enough. Yeah. Parents did. But she did. Yeah, you okay? <laughs> you're yeah. Really sure. Yeah, no. When you think about that, you're like, yeah, you, you, I, I, like, come on. It's just like you, you, you want to be so much more. I think like I, this could, this could potentially also be like small, small town mentality. Yeah. That you, when you're in a small town, you want to be so much more, and there's always this grandiose picture. I never like looked at my parents and say, I want to be better than you. I looked at my parents like, I want to love like you. And I yeah. want to like do all of those things. But it's like, I look at it and I'm like, God, I wasn't like, 
I, I was never like accepting at the time of myself. And I'm glad that my parents yeah. were. I think fourth, that's why I chose 14 because 14 is such a tricky age. And it is, oh, so it is, you've got one foot being a child. You've got one foot being an adult. There's so many hormones and yeah, I wish I could go back and say, do you know what? You, you're all right. You, you're not as bad as you think you are. It's um, yeah. it's a funny, and now we're parents. All we can do is, you know, guide our children through that tricky time. Hope and pray. <laughs> oh, and I'm not, I am not a religious person, but let me tell you, it will be a hope and a prayer that the bubble's got to burst because, you know, I want her to land on her feet and find strength and, and be able to be in big settings and, find her voice and find her strength. So yeah, it's a, it's, it's a tricky one when they're, you know, three and a half, four, and they're like, you know, those like early years, but then also when you look at, gosh, what you're going to, you're embarking now on into the preteens and teens, it's like, it's bananas. It is, it is a roller coaster, but we wouldn't change it for the world. Absolutely not. (laughs) Hey, hook, line and sinker, sign me up for another one. Like, who knows, like, you know, if, if I'm going to go either into menopause or if I will be blessed with another child, we it's just it, there's a there is a fork in the road. You don't know which way. Oh no! Unfortunately, I'm I'm straight down the menopause crazy. I, I'm I'm at the end of crazy lane. But you're still you don't know which way it's going to go. Yeah, you know which way? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? We shall. Well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, Ashley, and I will speak to you and see you online very soon. Thank you. That was an amazing episode with Ashley. As I say, go and check out her parenting podcast, Busy Mumsy. It is brilliant. And if you're into parenting podcasts, I definitely would add it to your list. It's always in the top 10 on the chart. So it is highly, highly well rated. And talking of rating, a little shagwai there. If you would like to give me a five-star review or leave a little review. My dad always leaves one every week. You can go and check them out. (laughs) Is it Spotify he leaves them? Every week he leaves a little review. Nice chat, Emma. Go and leave one over there and be sure to follow the Phonebox podcast on Instagram. We do lots of different polls. And of course, if you've not already grabbed your ticket, I am doing a big virtual family-friendly charity quiz with a 90s boy band round. I will leave a link to the tickets in the description. So be sure to go and grab yourself a ticket. It's one per household, not per person. And I will see you next week for another episode of the Phonebox podcast. Have a great week, guys. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 